I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. I cannot believe you're spending the day at Disneyland two days after we finish the retreat. <laughs> Neither can I. I got one day of rest. Now I'm just going to like scream on the Matterhorn bobsled. Okay, well, have fun. I'm going to be here in bed. Okay. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> Bye. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to look back at the Happier in Hollywood retreat. What went well? What can we change to make it better? Then we'll talk about the magic of community. We're feeling very inspired by our community of writers after the retreat this weekend. We also have a craft and fame that will help you figure out your story. And Sarah has a sitting hack plus a fiction podcast recommendation. But first we have an update. This is a letter from Kate. She wrote, Hi, Liz and Sarah, just listening to your latest episode, and I know you like learning terms from other industries. I work in agile UX design, think apps, digital services, etc., and we have a term for when we've finished a chunk of work, a retro. It's short for retrospective and describes looking back on what you did, what worked, what could be improved. I think this is a nicer option than postmortem, as we typically only do this when something has gone drastically wrong, as in a real postmortem when you're looking at something that died. I'm sure your retreat will go very well, so maybe you want a retro rather than a postmortem when it's over. Another good technique is actually called a pre-mortem, which is where you sit down ahead of time and ask the question, what would it look like if this completely failed? And it helps you prepare for that not to happen. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kate. Fortunately, that did not happen on this retreat. Phew. Which brings us to our segment from the treadmill desk of, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, thanks to Kate's new term, it's our retreat retro. We had planned to do a postmortem, but thanks to Kate, we're changing that to a retro. 
Sarah, the retreat was, I would say, a huge success. It was great. I hope everyone else had a good time. I know we had a great time. It was so nice to be spending time with all these smart, talented writers and just talk about the business in a positive way. Yes. So we're going to talk about what went well and what we would change next time to make it even better. So just to kind of lay the scene out, there were nine of us. It's funny because Gretchen, my co-host of Happier with Gretchen Rubin, she always says, however many people show up for book club, it's the right number, whether that's two people or 10 or 15. She's like, you don't worry about how many people show up to book club. And it's funny because I felt like this was the exact right number of people for this retreat. At our last retreat, we had more people, and that felt like the right number. Yes. So I'm kind of adopting that attitude for retreats, that it is it is however it's meant to be. Yes. And I it, particularly for the Johnny Cash Ranch, it was the perfect, perfect number of people. We all fit perfectly in all the different spaces. I mean, I, the one thing that we want to start with, I think, for this retro is that the Johnny Cash Ranch was the perfect place to be. It was so great for this retreat. So many different spaces that were all really cool where we could all sit. Beautiful view. I mean, beautiful. Yeah. So we were inside when it was hot out, when it was cooler. We were outside by the pool. There were chairs out there. There was a big table outside. There was a big table inside. And, of course, so much memorabilia, Johnny Cash memorabilia. We saw the studio where he wrote a ton of music. It was just so much fun to be there, and I think everybody really enjoyed that element of the retreat. Yes, and just as a little added bonus, there are pigs just running around (laughs) the property, which was hilarious. There's a woman who literally drives down from Santa Barbara every day to feed and take care of these pigs, and they're so cute and friendly. Yes, and for anyone who's interested, if you stick around to the end of this episode— You can hear one of the pigs snoring. One of our retreat attendees, Rebecca, sent all of us a sound memo of one of the pigs snoring, and we're going to play it. I feel very confident saying it's probably our best button ever. Yes, for sure. (laughs) I feel confident in saying that, too. Another thing we did, Sarah, which I think was definitely a great decision, is we got the pool heated because we were sort of like, is anyone really going to swim? Is it ridiculous to heat the pool? But in fact, Saturday night after the retreat was over, a bunch of people put on their swimsuits, got in the pool, had drinks, hung out. And that was just this added bonus that we weren't necessarily expecting. Yes, and at the last retreat we did, the pre-pandemic retreat, people didn't stay at the retreat location. But this time, most of the people did, and I thought that was amazing. I didn't stay there because I just drove home and slept in my bed in Ojai since the retreat was here. But most of the people who came to the retreat stayed there, and it was so fun. Yes, it was so fun. I stayed there with everyone, so I really got to even hang out more with people and get to know them. Yeah, I would say I only wish there were more bedrooms so more people could stay because that really was a nice element. One of the reasons we like to do these retreats is to create opportunities for writers to connect with other writers. So to be able to have that happen, not just while we're having the workshops, but during all of the casual times in the morning and at night was, I think, 
so nice. I think that's something we want to continue to do if we can. Yes. Okay, another thing we did for this retreat, Sarah, which we did not do last time, which I think made a huge difference, a big improvement, was that we did half-hour Zooms with each person the week before the retreat. And it was really great because we just knew everyone then a little bit before it started. So we had an idea of who they are, what they want to achieve, why they're doing the retreat. And it just allowed us to kind of start down the path rather than having to just start cold. Yes. And it also allowed us to see areas where the people coming to the retreat could connect. So at the beginning of the retreat, we got to say, oh, Selena and Joe, you're both from Minnesota. Matt and Jennifer, you both do comedy. Rebecca and Wendy, you both have had these successful careers and you're transitioning into television drama. Jen and Joe, you're both directors. So we could make those connections up front and then people got to build on them. And I just loved knowing people better when we started. Yes, absolutely. It made it a lot deeper. And then, of course, everybody met Friday night and chatted, and we had a two-hour cocktail party that ended up being, I think, like four or five hours, (laughs) which was great. So everyone got to know each other. And then Saturday morning, we started with all of us going around and saying what we wanted to get out of the weekend, like just a, a phrase, a few sentences, And that was one of my favorite parts because I just love hearing sort of what people want. Yes. And then my favorite part was at the end when we went around and had everyone settle on a very concrete next step. So we knew everyone's goals. We knew a lot about all of them. And then we got to say, okay, when you leave here, what is the next concrete thing that you are going to do to move forward toward your goal. And I loved that because, you know, it's very easy to be like, well, I think I'm going to do that. But to really get something concrete, and we also have an accountability Google Doc, so everybody has to come in and be like, okay, this is what I did, and this is when I did it. Yes. Um, And Sarah, you were really good in that, at at calling people out when they were being vague. You were like, no, that's not, that that sounds great, but we need something concrete that you're going to do. You kind of played the, um, I won't say bad cop, but the strict cop on making everybody (laughs) pick something concrete. Now, Sarah, another change we made from the last retreat was the last retreat we did practice meetings with everyone. So we went around, did practice meetings in front of the group where we then critiqued the meeting. And it was just a lot. It's a, a lot of time, a lot of meetings in a row. It was a lot for us and for the people watching. So this time we did one meeting that everyone got to watch and we critiqued it. We all got a lot out of it. The person, Joe, who was doing the meeting and then everybody else who was watching the meeting. And so that was really fantastic. Yes. And then... We did a sound bath, Liz. Yes. So, Sarah, you know, I love a sound bath. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that you have been traditionally not into sound baths. They freak you out. How are you feeling now? You did it. I got you to, like, sit there through it. What did you think? I did it with earplugs. And Ah. the earplugs really helped. I would say I enjoyed it. There were parts that were a little intense for me. But one of the things I loved is, you know, sound baths can be really polarizing. People love them or hate them like me, although now maybe I'm just like, "Eh, I'm not sure I love those. But one guy came in who had been to one and he was like, this is Matt. Matt was like, I 
you don't think I, this is not going to be good for me. So I brought extra earplugs for him and he didn't use them and he loved the sound bath. And then Jen, <laughs> we had a Jennifer and a Jen. Jen absolutely hated the sound bath. She was like, I gave it 40 minutes and then I just had to leave. But yeah. I love that, that like some people thought it was fantastic. Jen was out. Matt discovered he liked it. And I'm, I'm I would say, more more positive about them than I have been in the past. What I loved about it, though, was so we did it Saturday at the end of our day. And I just loved that we kind of all took a breath, that we did yeah. this talking, 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 intense thinking, thinking, talking, talking. And then everybody laid down together and relaxed. In and Johnny just, Cash's living room. In Johnny Cash's living room <laughs> under his wagon wheel uh, light fixtures. And it just really put a nice period at the end of the day. Yes, it really did. And we did not do that in the previous retreat. And no. that's definitely a good addition. Yes. So Liz, what would we change? Yes. Well, I think the number one thing we learned is we got way too much food. Way too much food. I mean, oh, my! like twice as much food as we needed, I would say. Yes, at least. People <laughs> do not eat as much as a 50-person army might, our, yes. our retreat group. Yes. We also have that Midwestern thing of like, must feed, must feed. Don't yes. want anyone to feel deprived, you know? Yes, yes. But boy, do we get too much. Yeah, so we need to later today, like go through and write down exactly what we should or shouldn't get because you know we'll forget it for the next time. We'll not remember what we got and so we won't know what's too much. So we need to be specific on that. Yes, absolutely. Another thing that I think we could improve on is having more practice meetings. The person who did the meeting, Joe, she was so good that yes. it was kind of intimidating to, frankly, me and probably yes. everyone else. I was like, we've never done a meeting that well. So having more people do meetings so you could really, like, we didn't really have anything to criticize about Joe's meeting. <laughs> having other yes. people practice that would have been good. Yeah, I, what I think we should do next time is schedule time for maybe three, not back-to-back. -back. We'll do one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one the next day. I think that'd be really useful for everybody. Yes. But we just had so much ground to cover, we weren't able to squeeze in another one. Another thing, Sarah, is I think it would be nice for us to have somebody helping us. In the last retreat, we did have people helping. This time, we just did it on our own, which was fine because everybody really jumped in to assist us. I mean, you know, when we were getting out food or putting food away or rearranging the furniture so that everyone could lay down for the sound bath. But it would be nice if we brought somebody to help us because it would just allow us to more fully concentrate on the retreat and not on sort of the mechanics behind the scenes. Yes. And then I think we both wish that we had taken more pictures and taken more videos. Yes. I came in the house. I said, Sarah, I'm going to take a bunch of videos. Get ready. I'm going to video the house. I'm going to take all these photos for social media. And then I promptly just got completely into what we were doing and didn't do any of that. I finally took some videos at the end when we were packing up. And luckily we had a director with us who took a lot of pictures and sent them to us. So we'll share some of those. But you know, it's, it's just one of those things. You want to take videos and photos. I will say again, if we had someone helping us, we could task 
that person to take more videos and photos. Yes, that absolutely would be part of that job for sure. Yeah. Another thing, Sarah, I think we should do next time is to create a contact sheet before the retreat to have ready to hand out to everyone at the end. So we, our retreat attendees did on Sunday, like create their own contact list and make a Google Doc, which was fantastic. But I think it'd be nice if we had it all put together and handed it out just so that everyone has that in hand. Because one of the best things about a retreat is the connections you make. Yeah. And you really want to make sure you keep those up. So I think we could do that. Absolutely. Then, of course, we're going to do a survey. We did a survey after the last retreat. We're going to do a survey after this one where we ask everyone who came What did you think was good? What did you think was bad? What can we do better? What are some changes you would suggest we make? So that, for the last retreat, was incredibly helpful, and I'm sure it will be again. Absolutely. Sarah, you know, we were reminded doing this how much we enjoy it. It's just such a great extension of the podcast, which has made us decide that we really want to focus on doing more of them. Last time we said we were going to do at least one a year, and then the pandemic happened, so we fell off. Now we're back. We want to do more. Speaking of, we're considering doing a retreat solely focused on pitching hour-long TV shows. We don't feel really qualified to talk about pitching half-hour. So we're just wondering, is this something that is appealing to people? Are you interested in a retreat where we just talk about pitching? Let us know your thoughts at happierinhollywood at gmail.com, and we will ponder that for the future. Next up, we talk about the magic of community, but first, this break. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, our segment where we talk about mental, physical, and spiritual health. I mean, today, I kind of think it's all three. After the retreat, we felt so inspired by just this magical feeling of being in community with other writers. Yes. I mean, magic of community is not the type of phrase that we often use. It's really not us. But it was the only phrase that seemed fitting. We really felt this sort of almost chemical feeling of being with people. I mean, I almost felt like I was on a drug, sitting in a circle with people and being a community. And it was interesting because when we went around and set our intentions, several people said the word community or connection was why they were there. And it really was palpable, that feeling. I think everybody just... After the pandemic, after the strike, even though there was a lot of community on the picket line, 
there was this fraught nature to it because we were on strike. And this didn't have any of that. This was just purely the joy of being part of a community. Yes, absolutely. And I also think our last two writers' rooms, or two seasons of writers' rooms, meaning season one and season two of Fantasy Island, were on Zoom. So we haven't been able to sit in person and really talk to other writers in a creative way for a long time. And that's probably our favorite thing about this job is being creative with other writers and talking about how this whole crazy job we have happens and works in some magical way. So it like it was just so fun to I mean, literally just hang out with other writers. Yeah. <laughs> and it made us think that if you are someone who's working from home now, whether mm. you're a writer or a lawyer or a PR person, whatever you might do, try to find that sense of community, whether that is meeting up with other people in your industry or it's a different thing, a book club, a, you know, Mahjong group. Now, I really do think it's nice if it is people in your career because there's just something about talking to other people who do what you do. But if that doesn't appeal to you, I think you could get the community in other ways. Absolutely. But I do think there's something to, like, we're writers because we like writing and we like other writers. If you're a lawyer, yes. you probably like, maybe not, maybe that's the wrong <laughs> career to bring up, but like you probably like lawyering and other lawyers. If you work in marketing, that's hopefully your passion and you like other people who work in marketing. Like I just kind of forgot that after all this time of being separate from people, uh, it was I I felt so refreshed. Like I have to say yeah. Sunday I came home and I was just Flattened. I mean, exhausted yes. doesn't even really cover it. So yes. I rested for a little while. <laughs> yes. And then when my rest was over, I just felt so uplifted. Yeah, Sarah, I took a three-hour nap when I got home, <laughs> and I felt like I had just done my strength code workout. My yeah. muscles were tired. <laughs> I was exhausted. But yes, I feel totally refreshed and inspired. And I think for all of us who have just, as you were saying, just forgotten that we enjoy being with these other people, I urge you to go out and try it and see what happens. Absolutely. I also think we got extremely lucky with all the amazing people who came to the retreat. It was a bunch of really cool, interesting, smart people. Yes. So I want to thank them for being awesome and being there. Absolutely. We for sure got as much out of it as everybody who came. Yes. All right, Sarah, it is time for The Craft and Fane, where we talk about the craft of writing, because although writing is an art, it is also a craft. Um, and in the vein of everything in this episode, or much of it being about the retreat, one of the writers at our retreat, Jennifer Lauer, had a great thing she did when we met on our Zoom, which was she had made a list of 12 things about herself to share in our pre-retreat Zoom. And we thought it was such a great exercise that we then had everyone do it at the retreat. And it was just a great way for everyone to get to know each other and also for people to start realizing what about them is interesting that they may not realize is interesting to share when in meetings with executives and showrunners and producers but it's something everybody should do. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we focus on in the retreat is, well, and in general, one of the things we think every writer needs to have in their back pocket 
is a concise story, something that they can pull out in meetings and say, this is who I am. This is what's cool about me. These are the things that you're going to remember that will make you want to connect me with other people who have these things in common with me. These are the things that make me stand out. And what we have realized is that most people don't know what makes them really fascinating or unique or individual, which seems shocking. You'd think that people would know. But when you have people do this list, but they're they like, don't. well, these, are, these things are so boring. And you're like, oh, my God, that is not boring at all. You should talk about that in your meeting. Yes. So, Sarah, we thought it'd be fun if you and I shared our 12 things that we wrote down. Okay, but my 12 things are boring. They're not. (laughs) Okay, I'll start. Okay. One, I used to be the editor of Sweet Valley High. Two, I still sleep with my childhood blankie. Three, I married into a big Mexican-American family, so now I eat tamales on Christmas. Four, I co-host two podcasts, one with my sister and one with my writing partner. Five, I believe I have the power to manifest. For instance, I manifested Marsha Clark into our life, and I manifested us shooting at a tropical location, which was Puerto Rico. Six, I'm a type 1 diabetic. Seven, I am obsessed with the housewives and listen to several podcasts every week about each episode. Eight, I get intimidated talking to actors. Nine, I hate driving. The first four (laughs) years I lived in L.A., Sarah drove me everywhere until she drove me to the Volkswagen lot and said I should buy a car. Ten, I spent nine years in New York City and thought I would live there forever. Eleven, I am from Kansas City, which is very important to me and how I identify, and I often will wear T-shirts that say KC on them. Twelve, I used to not be a dog person, and now that I have two corgis, I am obsessed. (laughs) Nice. Okay, these are my twelve. One, I'm from Kansas City, which means I have very strong feelings about barbecue. Two, I grew up with a very complicated family, and then I shared something at the retreat about my family that I'm not going to share on the podcast. (laughs) Three, I had my daughter on my own using a sperm donor. Four, I did Teach for America in North Carolina. Five, I have six chickens all named after food. Six, I believe in the Oxford comma. Seven, Hmm. I went to Williams College, but I should have gone to Vassar. Eight, my dad really wanted me to be a professor. Nine, I knit, crochet, and spin wool. Ten, my favorite book is The Heart is a Lonely Hunter by Carson McCullers, for anyone who is interested and might want to read it. Eleven, my favorite TV show of all time is Friday Night Lights, and my current favorite show is Shrinking. Twelve, my dog's name is Cheesy Feet. I love that both of our twelves are dogs. Yes, they are. (laughs) That's funny, huh? Yes. All right, so it's a fun exercise. We suggest everybody do it. Maybe do it in a group. In fact, Sarah, I think we should do this in our next show. Day one, we should have everybody take 15 minutes, write these things down, share them, and it just gives you an entry point. And it also shows overlap and things you have in common. And it's just a fun exercise. Yes, and one of the things we learned is that specificity is key in this. The more specific you can be, for example, don't say you're from Massachusetts. Say you're from Cape Cod. Yes. You know, just like because Cape Cod is a very specific part of Massachusetts and has very specific inferences that you go, ooh, Cape Cod, like Jennifer's dad is a fisherman. 
fascinating. Yes. We went deep into that because it's yes. so unique. Yes. Or like I didn't say I have a chronic illness. I said I'm a right. type 1 diabetic, which is much more yes. specific. And that you were diagnosed at 34, I think. Yes. I said yeah. I don't know if I just said that now, but I did say that at the retreat. Yeah. Coming up, we've got a Hollywood hack that will hopefully help your bones and your posture. But first, this break. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. This came up because we have been doing this podcast from our homes for quite a while now, uh, since the pandemic, and you didn't even realize that I have been sitting on a bouncy ball chair this entire time. <laughs> yeah, so discuss. I have a Gaiam, I call it a bouncy ball chair. I don't know if that's the official term, but it's basically an exercise ball that sits in a circle with wheels on it so you can move around, but you're still getting the benefit of core strengthening and all of that stuff. And my posture is the main thing. I feel like it helps my posture a lot. I sit up much straighter when I have this chair. So we just wanted to say, this is a wonderful thing for people to have at your desk. We always use our treadmill desks too, and then I'm standing. But when I am sitting, I like to have my little bouncy ball chair. Yeah, and I've read they're just great for people who sit a lot to at least yeah. some of the day sit on a bouncy ball chair. I need to get one. Um, and you said there are different price points, so you can get the one that's right for you. Yes, and you can get one with a back or no back. Mine doesn't have a back. There are so many different options. You can really personalize them. All right, the bouncy ball chair. Sarah, <laughs> it'll be fun. The next few weeks, we have some hacks that we collected during the retreat. So those will be coming up in the next few weeks. Yes. And finally, Sarah, you have a recommendation this week. Every week, we recommend something, whether it's a book, podcast, movie, and you have an Audible series to recommend. Yes, I do. And I'm so excited about this recommendation. I am recommending Slayers, a Buffyverse story. It's on Audible. It's, I think, eight episodes written by Christopher Golden and Amber Benson and narrated by all of these original actors from Buffy. So, of course, this is very nostalgic for us because- yes. We wrote on Angel. We wrote for many of these people who are in the audio series, and we love those shows. I mean, just love them. And so hearing Charisma Carpenter's voice again as Cordelia 
Hearing James Marsters as Spike, Julia Landau plays Drew, Danny Strong comes back and plays Jonathan, Emma Caulfield is Anya. I mean, it is just so wonderful to hear their voices again and to get back into the lives of those characters in this really cool, clever way. I don't think I put it down. I mean, I just listened to the whole thing straight through. It was wonderful. I cannot wait to listen to the Slayers Audible series. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Remember to let us know if you're interested in attending a pitching retreat. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Canes 13, and as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft, and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. And now for a sleeping pig at the Johnny Cash Ranch. From the Onward Project.